Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So anyways, I want to talk to you today um, just about some things. We're in a current, currently in a series called Mind Your Own Business. Mind Your Own Business. And when we first started this series, uh, this is the third week, people had all kind of thoughts about what this series was. But just with a little attitude, I want you to say it out loud. Say, mind your own business. And um, let me kind of tell you, if, if it's your first time, kind of what, what all this means, what the series means in a nutshell. And that is this. When Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, he is a uh, Bible character that later on kind of had some funny little things talking about him. They started breaking his name up, Nehemiah. Um, Maya, Nehemiah, playing about he was a short man and that he was just a little bitty guy. And some people act like he was one of the shortest men in the Bible, possibly the shortest man in the Bible, where he kind of got a nickname off of his name. But anyways, that's a fact, either here or there, or may not be a fact. But anyways, uh, so that, that may be all you know or care to know about Nehemiah, but Nehemiah was an incredible Leader, He didn't have uh, a tons of talents about him, but he had a God-driven purpose. And he was the king's cupbearer in Persia. And so he would come in every day and bring the cup of coffee or tea or whatever it may be to the king of Persia, which was a big, big position to be able to come in to the king, to the queen, and give them their cup. He was supposed to have a happy countenance about him. And he was just, but this one particular day, he was very sad in his countenance. And the king said, What's wrong? And he said, Well, my people in Jerusalem, the walls have been broken down. And the, um, the, the, the different gangs are coming in and stealing from Jerusalem. And they're having a hard time rebuilding back after the war that they had had because the walls are broken down. And in that day and time, if you didn't have walls around your city, it was a very dangerous situation. And so he said, King, I have been called by God and been directed to go back and rebuild these walls. Of course, the king allowed him to go, and i got to hurry. But And then in Nehemiah chapter 3 lists specific individuals or groups to work on the wall. And so Nehemiah got back and he gathered the people together and said, we got to build this wall together. And... and and he said, this is what we're going to do. I want each one of you to have a particular assignment to rebuild this wall. And this is where this series is kind of born, and it's in verse 28. And it says this, the priests made repairs each in front of his own house. He repaired right there in front of his house. And for the most part, people were assigned to work on the part of the wall that was right outside of their house. So they kind of opened the door of their house and the part that was broken down right there, that was their assignment to build that part of the wall. And so from what we can gather, Nehemiah basically said this, walk out your front door and look directly in front of you and the wall that's there, rebuild that. And that is where we're getting this series, mind your own business. In other words, take care of what's right in front of you. Mind this, take care of this. I got a good victory report. Y'all ready to hear it? We've preached two Sundays on this, and we have had people 
have times of repentance. We have had times of, I'm talking about outside of Sundays, repentance, marriages being healed, people starting counseling, all kind of things out of what God is doing right here. Things that, things, listen, things that, that people had put off. Things that people had put off. People saying, wait a minute, I'm going to mind my own business. I got to take care of my own junk. So I want to I speak to you today, and I am, this is nothing political, by the way. I just want to say this right here, what I'm about to say. Nothing political. It's not going for any particular candidate. It just is a real good title, and I'm riding a little political wave, but it is not for a political deal. All right? But I'm going to name this sermon, Build Your Own Wall. Build Your Own Wall. All right? Y'all get it sometime. I don't know. Build your own wall. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just, all right, we're going to have fun, a little fun with it. Don't leave out here going, I knew it. There are three relationships I want to focus on. And what, what I want to focus on today, what I want to focus on is building the walls of your relationships. And that's what I'm going to do in the rest of the series. I'm going to pick around certain areas that I think that we need to really focus on. I've laid the groundwork really strong the last two weeks. But I want to I really work on some areas that I want God to help us in the process of rebuilding. And today I want to talk about building relationships. And I want to talk about three different kinds of relationships. I want to talk about your relationship with your friendship, the friendships around you. I want to talk about the relationships in your family, like your blood family. And I want to also talk about the relationships with your heavenly father, which I'm going to call your God wall. Okay, so I want you to, we're going to work on your friendship wall, your family wall, and your God wall a little bit today. So let's start off with our friendship wall. And this is very unique to me, and, and if, if, you, if you're reading Nehemiah kind of along with me to stay where I'm at, you'll probably get bogged down in chapter 3 because it's a lot of listing and it's, it's saying this one's doing this and this one's standing. But there is one key thing in chapter 3 that I want to bring out, and it's probably the, the last two words you would think I would bring out of that chapter if you were reading it. And it, it, it's, it's laying out all this stuff, and it keeps saying the words next to, next to. Two. Don't read it right now, but go home and read it. Next to. So this one was standing next to that one, building the wall. And it kind of goes through naming all the names and that kind of stuff. Next to, next to, next to. But it's amazing that in chapter 3, he just keeps bringing out next to. And the reason I brought this out is this. If you're going to rebuild your wall, you want to be standing next to someone that is awesome Someone that, are, that is awesome person and people that you can do life with. Amen. Amen? So what I'm trying to say is this. I don't want to be doing something very critical in my life. I don't want to be trying to do life and all the ups and downs of life and next to me and, and, and standing people that I have chosen, friendships that I've chosen around me that are absolutely helping push the wall down every time I try to stack it up. Is that all right? And, and let me tell you something. Sometimes you can come to church and be trying to get your junk together and you still got relationships around you that are thinking evil when you're, and they're, they're absolutely jealous that you're rebuilding and every time you set something up, they try to start tearing it back down. Can I get a witness? And so you've got to make up in your mind how serious you are about rebuilding the wall in your life. And you need friendships to help you do this. 
If you're going to mind your own business, I want to place people around me that are looking at me saying, come on, Keating, put another rock on there. Come on, Keating, you got this. You can do this. And believe in me because I want friendships around me. I want to do life with people that believe in the God work that he's doing in my life. So, I want to do life with friends as intent as me on making sure that I mind my own business. So it's powerful when you think of what next to really means. And in the scriptures, it's talking about goldsmiths and perfume makers and rulers and priests and merchants. And one guy had both of his daughters out working on the wall. That's what I'm talking about. And, and so it, I, I, by that, I believe it means male. I believe it's female. I believe it's ev- everybody has value at this wall. Can I just say something? Everybody has value at this church. Everybody. Everybody. Turn around and look at somebody and say, you've got value here. You've got value here. Women are as valuable as men. Come on, women. Men are as valuable as women. Teenagers are as valuable as adults. No matter your race. Are you hearing me? I said no matter your race. I don't care if you're white, black, red, brown. I don't care. No matter your race. In the church of the living God. I don't care what color you are. I just want to know you're on my team. We can do this together. (laughs) Everybody matters because everybody has purpose in the work of God and building the wall in each of our lives. Let me give you some history. Now, this is a unique bit of history I bet you didn't know. But it's about your Bible. If, if, if you don't do it right now, because I know some of you are, uh, you know, kind of those people that you're going to look right now. But go home and look at it. But, 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 but look, your Bible has a listing of the books of the Bible. And when you go to the Old Testament... It's, it's laid out in a unique way when it gets around the era of time of Nehemiah. In fact, it's laid out through the whole Word of God. It's laid out per story and not necessarily chronologically. Now, I don't want to lose you here, but it's not laid out chronologically. So when you get to the era around Nehemiah, it's, anybody know the three, one in front of Nehemiah and one behind it? It goes like this. It goes... Good, good. Ezra, Ezra, you get another Klondike bar. Um, you got Ezra, and you got what? Nehemiah, and then you got Esther. Very good, very good. But rather, it's not laid out like that chronologically. Now, what does that mean? I don't have time to give all the specifics of why it's laid out different, but chronologically. In other words, by the timeline, it's laid out differently. In fact, it's laid out like this. Ezra, excuse me, Esther, Nehemiah, Ezra. Almost kind of backwards, right? You still got Nehemiah in the middle, but you switch the Ezra and Esther. So you've got Esther, you've got Nehemiah, and Ezra. So if you didn't know that, that's a little bit of knowledge for you today. But everybody say Esther came first. Because women go first. No. So 
that, that's not the deal. But the reason I wanted to bring that out, and the reason that matters is this. When Nehemiah went in before the king, oh, this is good. When Nehemiah went in before the king of Persia, generally that wouldn't be a favorable thing for him to step into the king's throne room and ask, hey, can I take some major time off to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? For one, he was a Jew, okay? That wasn't going to go very well to step into the king of Persia and ask something. But it just so happened that Esther is before Nehemiah and there is a little lady sitting next to the king whose name was Esther. You didn't know that, did you? And so when Nehemiah comes stepping into the throne room, the king's heart was already softened because his wife, the queen, was Queen Esther, and he was crazy about this chick, and she was a Jew. And so Nehemiah stepped in this room, and Esther had already laid the groundwork that the king was ready. Everybody said, everybody has purpose. See, you thought Esther was only for the book of Esther. You thought she was only served as a purpose with Mordecai and all that stuff. No, no, no. She was still serving a purpose that fit into Nehemiah's life in the next story. Somebody say, I need Esther next to me. Somebody say, I need Nehemiah next to me. What I'm trying to say is this, your life is not a book of Esther alone or the book of Nehemiah alone or the book of Ezra alone. It all works together and fits together because there is somebody God has placed next to you that helps set you up for what is God's doing in you. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man. I could preach right there a little bit. So, so you've got a friend here today. You invited somebody. Some of you brought your friends here today. It's not an accident that you're here. You said, no, 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 I know. Somebody invited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you came in here because, and the way is already prepared for you. They're your Esther. And when you stepped in this room and you stood next to them, you felt comfortable, even though that we're kind of crazy. And we like to lift our hands during worship and we kind of go amen and hallelujah and stand forever. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that was spiritual, did you? Your feet were saying that it was very unspiritual. But listen, listen. But next to you is somebody that's vital to your life. The person you work next to at your office, at work, that God is placed next to you. I don't care what the situation, they're there as purpose in your life. And so never destroy what's next to you because it could be a setup to help you in the building process. The, the, your friends in your life group, they're next to you for a reason. There has been more ministry in our life groups this season than I've ever seen take place. Crazy, awesome ministry going on. There's a spirit of God up in our life groups right now that God is ordaining and blessing it and somebody needs to say amen to that. And I love that. But let me tell you something. 
It's because, God, we're getting this mentality in the church. You see, for a long time, our style church was, if you have good church and you go home, everything's going to be all right. But all of a sudden, we're learning we need somebody next to us to do life with us. And God's honoring that and blessing that. God has placed our church in the golden triangle for a reason. I know we're not for everybody. Everybody don't like it when they come in. I know that. But we are here for a reason. God's got us here. It's not an accident. He has placed you in this church for a reason. He has placed you in the neighborhood that you are living in for a reason. He, you're standing, living close to, next to somebody for a reason. Reason. The next part of this that I want to sp- speak on for the few minutes, that was about friendships and placing those in, in your life and building the walls of friendship. I need friends. And the older I get, the more I realize I need them. And then... The next part of the wall is I want to talk about is the family wall. The family wall. That blood family wall. I'm getting serious here. This gets tough. I mean, it's, it's easy to talk about everybody, but when you start talking about blood, ain't nobody talking about my mama. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, it's, it's that family stuff. Boy, you people fight and flex and do all that kind of stuff. And many are broken, though, because they've been hurt. Hurt, 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 so deep by those from whom they're supposed to receive the most love from. Hurt by parents, hurt by a spouse, hurt by children, cousins, aunts, in-laws, outlaws, broken because of failures and past failures and broken because they failed to live up to the expectation of a dad or a mom or man, it just, it could go on and it's, But I just want to say this, it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild. You can't live in that hurt all your life and expect there to be strong wall. You've got to start rebuilding. I know there was some junk back there. I know there was some mistakes, and and this doesn't fit everybody. Some of you have got just like, oh, families. But it seems like every family has got some issues up in it that you're going to have to learn how to get past And I don't mean just get past, like, just, come on, man, just forget about it. No, no, no. I'm talking about get involved in the process and let there be healing there. Healing there. I got got to think, the number where I live is 5705 on my street. And if 5707 and 5703, there was a house full of snakes, I'm going to just tell y'all right now, I don't care what y'all heard about our kind of church, we don't do snakes. You hear me? You say I'm unspiritual, do I don't care what you say. I'm just going to, haters going to hate, but I ain't going to love me no snake. Are you, can I, can I get a witness? If you're an animal rights person, God bless you, we'll bring them to your house. I ain't handling no snake. But I know one thing, if both houses on either side was full of snakes, snakes, I would build me a wall around my house. It would look like a convent. I would build, I'm telling I don't want a snake in my house. If I knew on either side of me there was certain maybe issues that could come and attack us in the night and they were just 
I knew it was there. I knew that that person was there. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'd be putting up gates and all, all kinds. Of, are, are you with me? Because I want to protect my family. Man, I want to protect my family. I can do whatever I got to do. I got to protect my family. Well, let me ask you this. There is all kind of evil all around your life. I'm not asking you to build a literal wall, but I am asking you to build some kind of spiritual wall around your house. Come on, you're going to build every other thing around your house. You're going to build a beautiful yard. You're going to build uh, this. You're going to build sports into their life. You're going to build this into your kid's life. You're going, to, you're going to build it all. But let me ask you this. Are you building a spiritual wall around your house? Or are you, have you built some areas and then left the gates open that it's just easy for things to just sneak in among your family and wander in and there's no guarding anything the pathway, the highway, the, 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 from internet to TV to cable, everything. I'm not preaching against all that stuff. I'm telling you, if you don't build some walls up in all of that, before long, those things will sneak in and bite you, and you won't know what happened. You've got to stop. Mom and Dad, I'm just going to tell you something. It is okay you pay the bills to check your kids' cell phones to make sure that the snake hadn't come up through a snake. Cell phone, cell phone. Now, now, I know the kids didn't like that very much, but it's okay because it's better than be bit by a python or whatever else. I'd rather you be mad at me for that because I don't have to be your best friend. I got to get you to heaven. Well, I didn't mean to go there, but it was good. We got to see our family saved. We got to fight for our families. We got to stand for our families. And I'm going to tell you Devil come to, John 10, 10, come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not out going, oh, I just want to drink a latte with him. He's wanting up in your business, and he's sly, and he's tricky. Nehemiah 4, 10 says, there is so much rubble that we're not able to rebuild the wall. This is the people standing there. They said that there's so much rubble, there's so much junk out there that we can't seem to rebuild the wall. And I think sometimes, I'm jumping just a little bit, but we spend so much time wallowing in the rubble of yesterday. Well, this happened and that happened. If you only knew this, that it's impossible to start where we are today. We got to build, we got to move forward in our families. I know your family hadn't been perfect, but neither are you. I know, I know it's not just like when you first got married. I got fatter, balder, and whatever else. But I got to tell you something, there's still love flowing there. There's still, and I've got to keep that alive. Adina and I, I got to keep that alive. And so do you. You got to keep that alive with your kids because they start hitting those teenage years. They're all over the place and they're running here and there. And before long, you just got to, you just got to sometimes just say, turn off the noise for one minute. And in this house is everybody serving Jesus Christ. Because if you don't set the standard in that house, the enemy will. Is that okay? And so... Nehemiah could have easily given up. He could have thrown up his hands in frustration and walked back to Persia, which was a, a, a long journey. But he didn't do that. And let me tell you why he didn't do that. He didn't do that because he had a project to do. God gave him a project. You know what? God gave Nathan Keating a project, a huge project. 
You say, I know you're the pastor of the church. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Before any of you show up in my life, I got another project. And I'm sorry to tell you this, it's way more important than you. It's called Macy, Paige, Alec, and Adina. Is that all right? And I'm going to tell you something. They're my project. And I got to get them to heaven. Above all else, we must be we got to be saved, man. And we're going to stand up. And we're going to fight for them. We're going to fight for them. And so you've got to fight for your marriage. You've got to fight for it, man. And he's called you the project raising your kids and fighting for your marriage. And he's called you to be a peacemaker in your relationships. And, and God chose Nehemiah to do this work that no one else could do. He put wisdom and strategy in Nehemiah's heart. So rather than giving up, Nehemiah pressed in. And, and this is what he had, this is what you'll have to do when you start pressing in. To save your marriage, sometimes you've got to, you've got to humble yourself. To save your kids sometimes, I've got to humble myself. You know what else I gotta do? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta forgive. Like, like, say, I forgive you. I've got to, I've got to forgive myself. If I'm gonna rebuild this wall. And in some situations, you can't fix the relationship, but you can fix you in the relationship. Is that okay? You got to get healthy. You got to mind your own business, get your own wall built. And things just start seemingly looking healthier as you start getting healthier in your life. And so you can forgive the person that created the brokenness in your life. Not forgiving the person is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's absolutely crazy. But forgiving, forgive. They don't deserve forgiveness. I know. I agree with you. And I would counsel you and tell you, you're right. You're right. But let's do it for you, okay? Because you got to get well. Because it's killing you. And the unforgiveness is killing your life. And, and I'm not, forgiveness... In relationships and family is not stepping back and letting them hurt you again and they hit you and you got to step back up and keep getting hit. No, that's not what I'm talking about. you got to learn from the past cuts on your hand and God gave you scabs for a reason. He gave you scars for a reason that you can look back and go, I learned from that and I'm going to get better from that and I'm not going to stick my hand out right there in that spot, but I tell you what I am going to do. I am going to forgive them. What does that mean? I refuse to know. This is beautiful right here. I refuse to no longer seek revenge. Pastor, I can't do that. I know that's why you need God. You need the Lord. You need the Lord to help you. I need the Lord to help me. Because some of you got some stuff that's really broken down, some junk out there, man. Hurt, hurt, I know, and I'm not making fun of that or diminishing that. But you gotta live. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta survive. You gotta make heaven. You gotta make this thing. And so forgiveness is not a one-time set down. Okay, I forgave. Now let's go get my Klondike bar. That's awesome. But you know what he said? He said, sometimes you're gonna have to do this 70 times a day. <laughs> 70 times 7, excuse me, a bunch. Sometimes, as soon as you set it down, 
you no longer get back to the car and it hits you again. You go, oh my God, I left that at the altar. Yeah, you left at the altar, but it chased you a little bit. What does that mean? You got to do it again. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. You're looking at a whole body of people have had to do that because it's worth it. It's worth it. I said, it's worth it. You keep laying it back down. I know I was hurt by that father. I know I was hurt by that situation. I know I was hurt by abuse. And man, I'm so sensitive to that because I know how wicked and mean that is. And please know that I'm not speaking this in some way that, come on, just get over it. That's not what I'm meaning in any form of the hurt that you're talking about. That's why God said this 70 times 7. It's going to take you a lot of time. And every time you almost think you're over it, there will be a a smell that comes along or a, a song that comes along or something. And all of a sudden it's back up in your throat and you're dealing with a knot in your chest and you're struggling with the issue. And you know what you got to do? You got to go back to that wall again. You got to go back to the wall and say, oh no, I got to have, I got to go back. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to run off and be left with a breach in the wall. I got to go again and say, God, I lay it down again. If it had to do it 70 times seven, it's worth it. And that's the only way you're going to get well. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Therefore, I position Nehemiah 4, 13 through 14. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Don't you be afraid. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Fight your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Remember this, remember, remember the Lord. He's great and awesome. And every time that stinking thing gets heavy on you, gotta remember, I gotta go back to God. Why? Because he's awesome. No, he's tired of me coming back. No, he's not tired of you. He's great and he's awesome. And he will, he'll forgive you again and you need to forgive yourself again. You gotta move forward in Jesus' name. I am sick and tired of the enemy creating division up in our houses our families. And, and, and I want to tell you something. We got to stand and fight for our families. Just like that scripture says. Dina and I, Dina went and pursued our, her degree to help us in the ministry that we're trying to do in this golden triangle. We spent a lot of money and a lot of time and she's still recording hours and hours a week. She has to get 5,000 hours and, but still, she's licensed and all this stuff. She's fighting for marriages. I, along with her, stood this week in my counseling on my own part as a pastoral counselor, trying to let people say, hey, we're not, you're not in this by yourself. There's someone next to you. And it's not just Adina and I. It's Brandon and Courtney. It's this church family. It's your life group. It's coming. We're standing next to you. You're not in this thing by yourself. Don't let the devil isolate you on your wall. God is going to help you and strengthen you. Stay close to your church family. And we're going to fight with you in Jesus' name. Amen? Let me tell you. Let me tell you how the enemy. Let me tell you how the enemy will work. He's so stinking sly. He'll do stuff like this. He'll come in, bring a little division in your house, a little tiff in your house. And then, and then once you get that little tiff going, something going on in your spirit, then all of a sudden he brings the world's greatest complimenter to your life. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh no, he's a sly little dude. 
And he comes out, oh, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen since last bread. And nobody else telling you that. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you start thinking, oh, maybe they know how I feel. And instantly the noose is slapped around the neck. And something starts breaking down. You see how sly? It can be like this. Boy, I hate to do this because these things are dirty and I didn't run one jacket. He can do this. It's still not going to work. You can come to church like that too. Huh? The church don't seem like what it used to be. I don't know. I've got some problems. It seems like everybody's, nobody's shaking my hand anymore. So I know what. And it, what didn't feel like that last week was somewhere between you got the enemy, got a little rock. We call them chips or whatever, but little rocks on you. And all of a sudden, people, that fox could even come up next to you and just kind of knock it off. It's so easy to knock it off. I mean, like, boop. Can knock it off. Any little thing seems to knock it off. And the devil's so sly like that. And something, a race that you were running so well and doing so well in for 15 years, you were serving God. And one little stinking thing knocked it off. Because somewhere a little breach came in the wall and something started being broke down. But through turning back to God and minding the business in front of you, God will help you set down your rocks and move forward. And now I close with the last part that I want to talk about today. And that is reestablishing your God wall. Your God wall. Let's talk about it a little bit. We are not going to feel complete in life by just building our friendship wall. And just by building our family wall. You have got to do the first and the most important thing. You've got to build your God wall. In other words, you can get everything else settled and still have feelings of unrest because your wall is still open. Because everything else you can do, you can take care of, and you can be the best parent on the planet and the best son and daughter on the planet, and still if something's broken down in your God wall, There has to be some reestablishing of that. So I'm encouraging a way today to start your way back to God. And the way back to God is a process. It's a process. What do I I mean by this? Forgiving you, you say, what's a process? Do you mean I can't come up here and ask God to cleanse me and wash me and, and, and begin to get the salvation into your life and all this take place in a moment? Sure you can. He'll wash your sins away in a moment. In a moment. But the way back is a process and the reason why is this is forgiving yourself is a process and forgiving others as I've already talked about. It's a process. And so God is wanting to heal the hurt of where your wall has been broken down with him, but you have to get your hands dirty. You, you got to get in the mix. You got to set boundaries against the world. We've got to set boundaries against the world. We got to close the gates that are open to the enemy. We got to shut some things down. Or do we let the enemy just stream in unchallenged? And, but you got to stand up and say, no, no, I'm going to be a man in my house. I'm going to be a woman in my house. And I am going to set some parameters. Even, can I say something to, to students, children here today? And that is this. 
This goes for everybody, but I'm talking to them just a minute. I used, there used to be a day that mom and dad pretty much could keep everything out of the house. And then the enemy created, no, I shouldn't say the enemy. S- cell phones and social media and every other kind of, and before long, I'm going to tell you, and, I, and I'm, I'm not, I, I use all of those things, okay? I use all of those things. But I'm going to say this. Your mom and daddy can't draw every boundary for you. You've got to decide how bad you want to be saved. Do you want your life full of immoral junk and brokenness and all that stuff? Or do you want to set some precedents right now in your life that that's not coming in? I absolutely am not a fool. I know from the adults to the students in this place, one touch of your cell phone can move you right into pornography that is unbelievable out there that is open. And, the, and it's, it's coming, pornography business, business, they're opening every week new sites and new things and openness and new sickness in this world. Can I tell you something? The end of this is so broken down that people are, no, people, people are not going into marriages with the same thing that they used to go into. They're coming in with so much brokenness from the past. I know some of you have already made all those mistakes. Some of you have had, had all kind of immoral acts in, you, in your life, and, and I'm not beating you up. Let's start from right here, amen? But I'm also saying this. There's innocent lives that you are over that you govern a part of their life and please stand up in their lives and help them and teach them and guide them and stay in the project to make sure that they don't go through all the crud that you went through. Amen. I'm, I know I'm preaching a little strong for Friends Day. But we, we, we've got to set boundaries in our life. Whenever a man like Nehemiah said this, he said, I will arise and build Satan says this, then I will arise and oppose. I'll stand up. I'll fight against them. I'll tear it down because Satan hates walls. He hates them. He hates walls. Build the God wall back in your life. Get it back in your life. David understood completely the need to have strong walls in his life. And he says this in Psalms 18, 1 through 2. He says this, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust. And then he goes on to say, he said, and he is my stronghold. Man, I'm going to tell you what. God is building. If you will give him a chance. And reestablish some things in your life. He wants to build some strongholds up in your life. Set some precedents in your life. I said it last week and I preached a message called Not Today Devil. You need to look at the devil and say not today devil. Now I'm not going to fight you through my own strength. But I've already established something in my life. Through the power of the almighty God. That you're not going to get to me unless you first pass through the wall that I've built. Through the power of the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me today? Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something.
In other words, if you'll do your part, if you'll get your hands dirty, if you'll grab a wall, rock and start putting it back on the wall, then will I. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You want to know why the morals are breaking down in America? I'll tell you why. It's pretty simple, really. We let our God wall be broken down. And when our God wall started breaking down, some other stuff went with it. Kind of see how this, this picture of these rocks are? When, when, when one starts to fall, it took more with it. Because when one start, part starts going down, we thought in America that we could just remove God and our morals would stay the same because of our laws. That didn't work out real good, did it? Because when the God wall is broken down, the moral, morality starts breaking down. And stuff that used to be wrong is now right. And stuff right is wrong. And we're so stinking confused we don't know what to believe. And everybody's got an argument. And uh, it's like, because nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing. Because our morality is broken down. So we're going to do something. We're going to deal with our sin issue. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to turn from the wicked ways. I'm going to deal with the sin thing going on in my life. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it. And then God's going to start doing some stuff. You're going to start hearing from heaven. The avenue between you and heaven is going to open up where there's been blockage. There's a bypass that goes and opens up and you start hearing from heaven. He forgives my junk and my sin. Anybody had some sin back there somewhere? Come on, man. And you know what he starts doing? He says, I know you can't do this by yourself. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. We're going to start rebuilding this together. You've got to get involved in the process. We're going to build this together. And he starts helping you set the wall back up. Put the pieces back together. If you'll help me and you'll trust me, you've got to trust me. Oh, God, that hurts. right? No, 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 no. I know it hurts. But it's going to be worth it in the end. Stick with me. Stay with me. I'm going to tell you, he who endureth the end is going to make it. You just got to let me keep working with you. Get your hands dirty in the process. Don't ignore that things have been broken down. But just own up to it and let God start healing the process. And I'm going to rebuild it. And when I get through, it's going to be stronger than it's ever been. Your marriage is going to be stronger. Your kids, your relationships, your family, your friendships. Because I'm going to trust you, God, in the process. I'm going to be humble myself. I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to let sin be removed because I'm going to ask you to wash that clean and then I'm going to let you step in and we're going to build something together for the kingdom of God if you believe that with me would you just throw your hands up and say God here I am I give it to you here I am God here I am God here I am God